Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year And to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. You may already know that SiriusXM brings you the deepest variety of commercial-free music for every genre and every mood where you hear the biggest names in talk, entertainment, and comedy and hundreds of hand-curated music channels designed to fit every mood. Where you get news from every source, where you can listen to the newly launched Fish Radio in addition to Jam On, Grateful Dead Radio, Pearl Jam Radio, Tom Petty Radio, and many more. 
where you can listen to top comedy channels such as Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud Radio and Netflix's A Joke Radio and Sports Talk Radio from Barstool to ESPN and more to keep you up to date on the latest news in the sports world. Most people think you need a car to enjoy Sirius XM, but you don't. Subscribe now to listen outside the car on your phone, online and at home, and get your first three months for just a dollar. And if you're a Fish fan, which you probably are, you can get tour updates and shows being played, which are a good complement to our quick hits. Visit SiriusXM.com slash HFPod to see offer details and to subscribe and start listening today. SiriusXM, no car required. friendly podcast quick hit for the tuesday july 2nd show at saratoga performing arts center SPAC, as we call it uh i am here with show attendee and co-host rjb how's it going rj hey it's great are you uh currently at a rest area or something like that uh yes yes <laughs> yes awesome of well course. thank you thank you for taking a break from your your drive um sadly home after seeing only one of yeah. the nights uh how was it was it worth the drive yeah it really was i mean you know it's a it seems like a risk to drive you know six hours or so for one concert um but you know i mean i knew that it would be fun and we would have a great time but um it's just it is like uh it's interesting these shows this tour have been um up and down and up is really awesome and down is not actually very bad. Um, but you know, you could have gotten an average, like an average good fish show with, uh, you know, a couple jams. And, and I think we got a very, very good one. Yeah, I think you did. Um, let's, uh, let's knuckle down and get right into it. Uh, set one opened with a debut cover. Um, Kathy's clown by the Everly brothers. Could you see Mike's pants? Trey made some comment about yeah. Were they clownfish on his pants? Yeah, they were wild. They were like, you know, as, as usual, multicolored with lots of patterns and stuff. Um, I had no idea what the song was, but I Googled one of the lyrics that I heard and then, and then came up that it was an Everly Brothers song. So everyone was very confused, but not sad. <laughs> right on. And uh, it was short. So was short. then they got right into the, the real deal. Maybe even you could say the, the real opener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tweezer reprise, which again, like you know, messes up people's stats a little bit. But hey, that's okay. Um, the the three minutes, three minutes of great rock and roll, and then this the Carini that came after was just um, really beautiful jam that got got there pretty quick. I think it was like eleven minutes, but it, it really um, it was good. I mean, they were clearly they were clearly ready to go. Yeah, and then. Uh dropped into bag which uh you know also could be deemed an opener or considered yeah, you know yeah. to 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 have been in the opener slot but it wasn't here and but what it does do is it keeps things rocking and yeah uh, yeah it's funny there were sort of four openers yeah you're saying you know yeah it was and, they got uh, into the, the real real set 
and then Moma Dance uh, was just rad. Um, so that's when yeah, I, I tuned were... into the the stream, okay. if you will, from home was on Moma Dance, and I was like, oh man, they're killing it on this thing. Yeah, and they uh, if you you can hear on the uh, recording that Fishman started trying to sing it right really quickly, and then kind of like jumped the gun, and then so Trey made a couple comments about like, yeah, this is this is great, we are, we're, we're we got this, we got this, don't worry, we 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 definitely know what song we're playing, um, which was just <laughs> kind of funny, and they took took it in stride, and then you know, regular pretty like this would be a common second second slot, right, Mama Dance. Yeah, sure. Uh, bag so moment. In fact. We got them. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. So it was good, and you know, the rest of the set there were there were you know, it was good. It was high energy, and and they were. I think the band was having a having a good time and comfortable, happy to be back at Spec. I think. Yeah, I think uh, I feel like Meat is is not played often enough. Uh, last played at MSG uh, in the New Year's run, um, only a couple of times last year. And then uh, home had a little bit of a jam in there. Yeah, uh, yeah, three like three good jams to close the set, you know. Yeah. So uh, bathtub gin was not deep, but it was good. And walls of the cave doesn't go deep, but it's a just a great set closer. Great set closer. Really great. I thought gin would be the set closer. Maybe uh, I thought it might be like a little bit longer and close the set. But uh, yeah, that was that was a good long set, and everyone was just you know there's nothing huge that happened in the set, but just like very solid and really really good energy in the place. The, the crowd was good. The weather was good. It was like it was a good it was a good first set. You know. So set two opens with cool amber mercury. Which was short. It was just, yeah. you know, I, I, I feel like uh, I could use more of that. It's not a complaint. It's just like, I like that song. I, I just I wonder what else they could do with it. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, sort of funny to open the second set. Like, obviously, second set, you know, everyone's like waiting to see what the big opener will be. And then it's like kind of a, a chill, slower song that, that gets, you know, gets into a good groove. But it's not like... A, it doesn't didn't feel like the set was kicking off like with some crazy crazy fire, but then you know pretty quickly got into the down disease. They yeah they they brought the fire there. Um, yeah, unfinished down disease, was, but twenty minutes long. Yeah, yeah. There they, there was a lot of segments that to me like the you know multiple kind of segments there with like a lot of kind of you know hard rock and then some psychedelic stuff and then the peaking toward the end. It just to me, that like means that they're feeling patient and and waiting for, you know, the right kind of the right moment to hit, um, which is cool. It's cool to see live, you know, and to kind of be on that journey with them. Um, I think there's like a good energy exchange between the band and the fans when things are working well, and definitely last night had had a lot of that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. How did you feel about the drop into Sense and Subtle Sounds intro? That was great. I thought I was I was excited to hear it, and um, yeah, sort of surprised to to hear it. But I thought it was I thought it worked well. I mean, you know, I think they were like making their way through it. It wasn't the easiest thing, but uh, but yeah, and the, you know, it, it turned into a pretty big um, version. You know, for for what we're what we're used to, not like the O three versions, but it really got out there and was like sort of like the first night of Camden that had the 
Long Mercury and then the No Men. That's what this, these two songs sort of felt like. They kind of kept the kept the theme going throughout the two jams with just like the break for the song in the middle. Yeah, I think that's a pretty solid way for them to construct things. Uh, and yeah. I, I want to give a shout out to Craig, who was, of course, our quick hit guest um, on Monday morning, who tweeted at you or at, at the HF Pod account, but you really about uh, wishing you, uh, hoping you would enjoy your botched sense intro. So yeah. credit to him for the, calling the sense introduction, but uh, also they didn't botch it. So there's that. Yeah, I would, say, I, I would say it was like a yeah, it was mostly mostly not botched. Um, exactly. No, but it was it was cool to hear, and I don't I'm not sure that I've ever heard it with with the intro, um, maybe once, but yeah, so that was cool, really cool. Yeah, and twist was not long. It came that it rolled into twist, and uh, yeah, I I thought it was just like the others this summer. Really, it's it's compact but delivers. Uh, yeah. Kind of a short, quick kick in the ass, and um, yeah, there, yeah, there wasn't much to it from my memory. Like it was, it was good, but it was, it, yeah, it was short and kind of to the point. And this is like, you know, obviously, when people start uh, wondering what's going to happen with the set, right? You get to the, I guess this is the end of the third quarter, as it were. I don't believe in the quarters thing. I think that the whole quarters thing is 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 too restrictive. It's too defining. We have halves for sure because there are clearly set set one and set two, but it's all the set is all one thing. And uh, well, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I was talking to Brian about this from Beyond the Pond because we had some Twitter exchanges today. Um, <laughs> all that that many people engaged with, and I, I think it gave us um, an idea for an episode to do with Beyond the Pond to talk about kind of the state of fish criticism, because I think it's interesting to dive into. One of the things we talked about was like this viewing of fish as sports, you know, and I know you're not a sports person. Yeah, um, sports is sports is uh, fun for people who sport, but I, I, I think sports analogies are exhausting. They, so. they, they don't always work for me only because there's, you know, in, in sports, obviously the whole, the whole point of it is that there's a winner and a loser and, and that, that there's a fourth quarter sort of, you know, if, if you're watching a football game, which I like to do from time to time, especially college football, um, you, the fourth quarter only matters if your team is not winning. So like, so that, that's why the analogy doesn't work perfectly for me. I understand that it's a good way to like break up, you know, the sets. Yeah, but it it isolates this portion of the show in a way that is not really fair to the portion of the show. The set doesn't need to be broken up. The set is what it right. is, and it has its, right, right. its extant flow. But if you must, and you must talk about a fourth quarter or what have you, let's get into it. Let's talk about that, because the fact of the matter is some people are applying standards to the latter part of the second set that are unrealistic. They're not built on <laughs> what fish does. So last yeah. night's second half of the second set is, you know, it's Wilson twist goes into Wilson son of a mule, which I understand some people don't like, but I thought it was, I thought it was, if you're going to get son of a mule, it's this one was seven minutes long. It was well played. And then they moved on. I don't, I don't dislike son of a mule. Uh, they, they um, played. A, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, I no. Keep 
keep going and then let me just like respond to it. Of all. course. You're right. You're, um, yeah. Then, uh, you know, a short fuck your face, which is cool. I don't know why that song needs to be long, honestly. Um, and uh, <laughs> Haley's Comet into Harry Hood. Now, I was a little surprised they dropped out of Haley's, although I don't really expect a big jam in a Haley's Comet anymore, ever. Uh, right. But I thought that pairing was actually really nice. Um, yeah. And closed with a nice, solid Harry Hood. That, to me, is is great and honestly i i think that it is as good of a ending of a second set as they do these days um they they haven't i mean i don't know what other people are looking for <laughs> but this is what what fish does it's very rare for them to play a big long jam that continues through the set or you know to do a, to end a show with a 30 minute jam those things are if those things just almost don't happen so yeah. to be disappointed when they don't happen is uh what is it the uh one of the pillars of buddhism or whatever the uh uh suffering is caused by desire so <laughs> wanting a thing to happen is why you're disappointed that it doesn't happen but your your want is built on some sort of based on some sort of expectations that are not real. Yeah. Well, well that's very eloquently put, and I, I don't you know I, I happen to mostly agree with you. Although I will say again, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this with with Beyond the Pond, and not not to make them into like the the you know villain here, but that they represent a different point of view, which is which is part of the the point. Um, I do think I want to go back just to the sense and subtle sounds real quick because we we talked about that song um, with Tom, you know, a couple months ago, and that that um, I don't know. Some of these songs we're, we've been talking about on different podcasts seem to start reappearing. So if you want to hear a song, then you know, tell us to talk about it on a podcast, and maybe it'll come back. So that's cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, the, the 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 quarters thing that you mentioned is really it's a really I, I agree with you that you kind of like isolate a small portion of the show that um you know t- kind of takes takes away from the rest of the show in a way that is not how it exists in the in the experience i think the other thing like with the fourth quarter thing or, or just song selection in general is that you have you know songs that are that work really well live that that might not be your cup of tea going back to listen to like I wasn't there last night I might not go back and listen to that you know second half of the second set um but I was there and it was awesome um the scent of a mule which is one of my least favorite fish songs but it was short and Paige had this like great kind of furious solo and then at the end when when it turned into Trey's part he just kind of like was dancing around the stage with Mike so that was fun and to go into a short fuck your face it's sort of like yeah in the moment you're like where is this going is this heading anywhere or are we going to just kind of like, is the second to sort of just like, you know, make a soft landing, I guess. And the Haley's, so the fuck your face, I think that was my first time seeing that that song live, which is cool. cool. Um, and then the Haley's, yeah, not expecting anything beyond five minutes. And that's what it, you know, sort of was. Um, and the hood, hood's my favorite fish song to, to see live. And um, that was just, it was a perfect way to end it. And it was beautiful as always, and had a lot of introspection and, 
you know, great. It was just great. It was a good, really good version. Um, they were just, they were having a really good time. They were very comfortable and they came back out for the encore and played three songs. And Trey, I think after the fee was like, we'll play a couple more songs. Um, I kept hearing when he was starting life beyond the dream, I was saying to, to, uh, Tom and Patrick who I was with, like, I, I kept hearing either joy or more. Like I thought one of those songs was going to start. I don't know if that's the same chords as life beyond the dream, but, um, life yeah, beyond the you, dream was cool. Yeah, I think you texted me, uh, more right before, mm-hmm. right before I started hearing a life beyond the dream in the, uh, yeah. in the, you know, crappy mixler stream it wasn't that crappy crappy actually i should say in defense of the guy who ran it uh but you know (laughs) yeah i didn't know that Um, i was gonna stay i would have paid to watch the thing if i had known i was gonna stay up for the whole show but it was good enough that i kept listening um so i think that's a metric worth noting i and i have to say the, the i think that i think that's a good metric um the first tube you know was very like short by first tube standards but the energy was fantastic and uh we were all just getting you know getting our last sort of rage raging dancing out and uh it worked really well and you know summed up i think a a pretty good show um all things considered with like such a couple really really fantastic moments yeah i think um i think it was a great encore if only so you could you could hear trey say fuck through the megaphone um Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> but a life beyond the dream is a really nice song and uh first tube i mean it i don't know if it'll bother people for me to say but first tube is is almost always the same but the good news is yeah. that that same is awesome it's just a yeah good, it's so great packed, one of my favorite songs awesome actually, thing. i love jumping up and down as much as possible during that song and um i, I attempted to do that and that, that's really fun any karate um, chops a couple karate chops, not as many as Character Zero. You know, that's the main karate chop song. But oh, okay. but it, but some. Um, and I, I will say, like during the fee, when Trey he could, be, I think he maybe like turned the megaphone off or couldn't get it to work in between verses. And um, it was it was there were several moments last night that where it seemed like Trey was more kind of vulnerable than usual. And I think that's part of this new Trey we're seeing with more openness in the interviews he's doing and in the conversations he's having with with people. Um, not, not, not afraid to make mistakes or laugh or, or, you know, laugh at himself. And that was something I was talking to Brian about, cause you know, there's been this conversation about how he like, you know, felt like he didn't get his mojo back until whatever, 2013 or something, right. Since they came back. And I feel like then he had a few years of like feeling like I got my mojo back and now he's just like sort of accepted this place where he is, which is just a really interesting evolution of a rock star, you know? I think it's a healthy one as well. I mean, yeah. he he had he needed time to work on himself, and he took it. And we were fortunate enough that he came back and was playing rock concerts during that time. I think, and yeah. uh, you know, I'm really happy to see him, you know, in this place. I think he's uh, yeah, and and it comes through in the music. I mean, there's just really great music. There's chances being taken. And uh, just killer jams, uh, in addition yeah. to great songs. So, and I don't, you know, I don't want to minimize like the other band members and and the environment oh, no, they're and all tra- travel. They're all playing amazingly, but I, I think we put a lot on Trey, show to show, because it's like, will he make the right choices of what songs to play? Which, which I do that 
too. And I think that's like part of, that is part of it. But at the same time, you have four members of a band that all have to like, you know, be doing the same thing at the same time. And uh, Larry, Larry G on Twitter, who's a good, really good guy, really smart dude. Um, he said this morning, like, I think we underestimate sometimes how hard it is for them to like do that amazing 20 minute jam thing. And, and I was just thinking about you and I have talked to a lot of musicians talking about touring and being on the road and like the environment and the weather and the sound check. And I mean, there's hundreds of variables, right. Of whether a show can come together or not. So I'm grateful when they, when they do. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have anything I should add to that. That was terrific. <laughs> let's, uh, let's pick a jam for everybody to listen to on the end of this thing and then let them get on with their days and hopefully a pre-show for their own spec yeah. night too and all of that. Yeah. I hope everyone has an awesome time tonight. Um, I think it's going to be a really great time. Um, down with disease. It was, a, it was an awesome jam. One of the best of the tour that I've heard. And, uh, you know, so much varied, varied jamming in there that I think people will uh, enjoy it. All right, let's do it. All right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. RJ, thanks for taking a break from your drive to talk to me, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks, Jonathan. Bye.
a city without its music. The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. And now we're going to take just a minute to hear about another great podcast on the Osiris Network. You can listen to all of our shows at OsirisPod.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.